The name of the pod was our last, best hope for peace. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind, the year the Great War came upon us all. This is the story of the last of the Babylon podcasts. The year is 2259. The name of the pod is Babylon 5. Episode 37, There All the Honor Lies, in which Captain Sheridan is accused of murdering a Mimbari civilian, and a gift shop opens on the station. Welcome to the name of the pod, the Babylon 5 podcast in which... Uh, my co-host and I, John Cassie, Chris explore Tatro. the ongoing at uh, Chris Tatro, uh, explore the ongoing cultural legacy of the 1990s television program Babylon Five. Uh, as I said, I am your co-host John Cassie. I'm joined as always by Chris Tatro. Sorry, I jumped the uh, jumped nah. the jumped the starting line on that one. There was a you know you know I always like to uh, to 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 change up my flow yeah. with the opening uh, the the opening segment um, just to kind of baffle and, and, and befuddle you. I'm a um, creature of habit. I need to have everything exactly as it was last time. Uh, right. We've, we've, we've hinted before at the Ernie Burt dichotomy. Yes. Um, you know, and said that we'll explain it at some point in the future. I'm not sure this is the episode to explain it on, but... Yeah, uh, right. No, it's, but, it's, it probably is not. No. But it might be. Yeah, I chose, I chose the words baffle and befuddle because yeah. I think both you and I... Uh, you know, in the pre-show, we're saying there's nothing wrong with this this episode. Mm-hmm. It just it seems like you've got about four B plots, a C plot, and uh, you know that it's like, uh, what is going on in this episode? You know that uh, none of it's none of it's bad. It just yeah. it's like I, I don't I what it, it <laughs> what? feels like what? ten pounds of episode in a five pound bag, and That's not right. in the That's way right. that say chrysalis was oh my god there's a lot going on here it just feels right. like there was a lot of stuff stuffed in and i think um a lot of it is you know peter david is credited as being the main writer of this one we, we mentioned yep. this briefly before yep. uh, but jms went back and inserted pieces into the episode you know some stuff some more uh stuff with kosh and and increase you know further developing the lessons uh that he's he's you know leading sheridan towards enlightenment so that's a chunk of the episode that's that was inserted and uh, i i think he inserted the whole gift shop subplot you know in order to orchestrate the 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 bear thing at the end which is kind of an (coughs) in-joke and dig at peter david uh and right you know, I have to say, it feels like there was it was too many cooks in the kitchen for this one. Maybe, you know, maybe. I, I, yeah, I appreciate some some like you know in joke writer room you know stuff, but it but I, I almost feel like the whole gift shop thing was you know was detrimental to the rest of the episode. You know, you, huh. I don't know. I, I don't know that I would call it detrimental, it, but I think it needed like. The problem is everything in this episode needed an additional three minutes. Right. It, it took right? up valuable so, <laughs> screen time. It took up to, it took up oxygen that that the other plots needed. We, you know, we we needed to unpack and and give some more breathing room to the Mimbari. Uh, you know, the attack on the on the person and is is Sheridan going to go on trial and you know that whole conspiracy right. kinds of thing. Right. Um, or or we needed those stories to resolve. Uh, a little more quickly so that we could have unpacked the gift shop mm-hmm. 
a little bit more. Now, I don't know that I would have done that, you know, or mm-hmm. we could have spent more time with Sheridan and Down Below. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, because we, we certainly have established in the previous episode, Hunter Prey, that that there's 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 a journey that Sheridan has to find himself um, on each episode, mm-hmm. right, or regularly, mm-hmm. right, and you know, kind of Kosh taking him to this place of real, you know, a, a really liminal space, mm-hmm. right? Like this is as far from your understanding of this station as you can go physically. Hmm. Right. You are as far from everything as as you can go. And look, here you can find this this extraordinary thing. Um, but yeah, you still don't know like, exactly what that extraordinary thing was. I mean, is it is there yeah. like is there a bunch of performance artist monks that like live there and eschew all all property and and societal connections and they yeah. they exist merely to have this this kind of weird spectral dance while wearing tablecloths underneath a, you know, a grating of some kind. I mean, it, it, yeah. was, it was an impressive visual um, when what, what you thought was sort of detritus and, and, you know, storage stuff all starts moving and swaying around. Yeah, right, but, right. But it's, it's, it's not clear to me, maybe I'm thinking of it too linearly, like what exactly was going on there? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just, I just took it to be that, you know, kind of cautious aware, cautious awareness, mm-hmm. you know, kind of makes him aware of these places of spiritual charge, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that the, the lead monk pushed out his cup suggests that uh, even though Sheridan didn't know about this, plenty of people do. Yeah, someone comes right. down there to see it. Yeah, like, yeah, is- and... And you know the idea of of uh, you know the idea of of people living a spiritual life, choosing a place that's in extremis, mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, you and I have studied enough about ancient history to be mindful of, say, you know the 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 solitary monks who lived in the Egyptian desert on top of poles. Yeah, or, yes. yeah, Simon Stylites yes. who lived on top of a pole for 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, this is, you know, a bunch of guys, you know, dressed in dressed in rags living in down below. Mm-hmm. You know, sorry. You know, you 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 you're not you're not all the way to the Stylites just yet, you know. Right. And you have um, to imagine that they're doing something down there besides putting on this this odd, you know, dance performance for visitors who come to see it. You know, they they Yeah. They must have some other purpose. I just, I wanted to know more about, like... Right. And if I were the commander of the station, I'd, I'd be like, well, who are these people, you know? Yeah, As right. opposed to just being, like, kind of, like, grinning in, in awe and wonder of the thing. But that's probably because I have no art in my soul. <laughs> I mean, I am I a ginger after true. all, so it's, you know, <laughs> it's questionable <laughs> if I even have one. Uh, but it, 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 gets, it gets us back to the point that, uh, you know, to your point, uh, you know... 10 pounds of flour in a five pound bag. Yeah. Um, you know, almost everything that happens in this episode, uh, it's, it, it's like, just make another episode. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, take, take a B, take, take one of these four B plots. I know, I know that the Sheridan murder or was it right. Is the, is the a, I get it. Um, but 
oh, oh, you know, open it up a little bit, maybe. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, we we uh, we were all over uh, Peter David's last episode, mm-hmm. and I think this one's, uh, I think the a plot's pretty good. Yeah, you know, the, the the pacing of it suffers from the intrusion of the other parts. That's but, right. That's right. And, and which and may so, be JMS's fault. Yeah, and it made it it made it. I don't know. I just had a hard time following the clues of that plot and, and yes and how they kind of unraveled it it kind of felt more it felt sort of deus ex machina a bit um, yeah you know and toward the end when they you know and they when uh when linear gets the other the other fellow to uh to confess um and, and recording okay that's 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 like straight out of Class that's classic, you know, cop show nineteen eighties yeah, right. kind of stuff. That's like, right. okay, yeah, perfect. And then the yeah. doors open up and everyone's there. And yeah. Um Bum Bum. Yeah, it's yeah, very bump. law and order. Exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> um Right. You know, so Yeah, it's, And that's it, fine. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, fine. it's, it's it was, totally it was, fine. It was an interesting story, you know, we're getting more of the and it would make sense that that there would be aspects or, or, or parts of the Mimbari society that would that would still be holding a grudge against Sheridan Starkiller. Sure, sure. Uh, That's and, never going to end. And pushing back um on him in particular. Um but yeah, it's it's uh Yeah. Well, yeah. let's let's talk a little bit about that. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's focus our attention on 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 not so much the Sheridan component of that, but maybe the linear component. Sure. Right? Uh, I love the fact that, and we've seen this all along, if Lanier is working, he's like the wind, mm-hmm. right? Garibaldi's point, everywhere I turn, Lanier has either just been here mm-hmm. or he's just arriving. Yeah. What is, what is up, what is he doing? Yeah. Right. And he doesn't have training. He doesn't have the kind of cop training that Garibaldi does. So it's, right. you know. He's just he's operating on natural kind of inquisitive instinct. Right. And well and, and he's he's acting to he's acting mindful that the honor of the third fane of Chidomo mm-hmm. is is at risk. We don't know that at the beginning. We learn it at the end, mm-hmm. right? And he's acting on behalf of Delenn as always, right? Mm-hmm. To maintain Delenn's honor. You know, any Mimbari on the station, if they behave badly, it redounds to Delenn, who's the ambassador, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's just got his, his, uh, you know, kind of cultural pride that we are not a people who do these things, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, Lanier is a is a purist, right? This is why we put him in lawful good, right? Because. He's going to adhere to his culture's values, no matter what. Right, and, and uh, which, which is just another way of saying, you know, that he's he's adhering to his code of honor, you know, mm-hmm, that that mm-hmm. that isn't going to be broken. Although there are interesting kind of loopholes that are introduced in this episode into that into that code. Right, there's sort of personal honor and clan honor. Mm-hmm. Right, which suggests that there might be social honor, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, the um, a caste honor. Right, right. You know, and we see a little bit of that caste honor thing mm-hmm. with the um, 
when Delenn is tossed off the Grey Council and, uh, you know, and replaced by a warrior caste. Right. Right. You know, a, a little bit of that caste dignity, yeah. caste honor kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're, they're tiered in that, yes. you know, you're, I think that the, the honor, you know, much like a, what is it, you know, God, country and family and you know you know you have yeah, you right. have a pecking order of things and right uh, where where the you know it, it, although it's hard to i'm not sure that the honor of the minbari people as a whole is the highest level of that yeah i don't know it, that it that is true it doesn't either, seem yeah. to be you know it seems to to or is clan higher than than caste it's not Entire, but, but whichever it is, it seems that that the personal honor is is kind of the lowest, and and they'll default to to doing something that may violate personal honor in order to uphold a higher level. Yes, yeah. The way that I was chatting about it, you know, the way that we were chatting about it in the in the pre-show is, it's clear that in the Mimbari way of thinking about these things, there's a kind of there's a kind of mathematical equation of honor. Mm-hmm. Right. And the way to the best way to maintain that is to always engage with personal honor. Mm-hmm. Right. If you do that, then one plus one will always equal two. Mm-hmm. Right. Everything else will, will fall into place down the line. Right. But if you behave, if you behave without honor, it not only damages you, it damages the next unit of concern above you, right? family, clan, whatever, right? And so in order to preserve the dignity of that higher entity, the third fane of Chidomo here, right? right? Lanier can behave in a way that would be personally dishonorable, mm-hmm. but because it is balancing someone else and helping them to save face and protecting the clan, mm-hmm. right. it actually balances, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's that's kind of an interesting. Honor is about saving face. Mm-hmm. It's not about telling the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Because telling the truth, telling the truth, is what you should do always, right? But the most important thing to keep in mind is the saving of face. Right, and so it's it's possible for this this other Minbari from the 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 third fane to yep. to lie because it is in the service of preserving a higher tier of honor. Yes, uh, and that's the only circumstance in which it would be it would be socially permissible to do so. Right, the culture allows. For that one kind of deception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But what happens when, and we, we see here is what happens when your differing definitions or priorities clash. Right. That, you know, I can be doing something that I feel is in the best interest of my house, clan, cast honor over here. But that by doing that, it's bringing us into conflict with someone else's honor over there. And how do they trump? You know, how do they how do they sort things out? 
it's it it's a very tricky it's a very tricky uh, uh, lattice. Yeah, 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 that's a yeah. nice way to put that. Uh, and I like and that, that Sheridan at the end is you know wants wants to resolve this in a way so as to allow the Mimbari to save face. Yes. Um, you know, much like Londo did with the the uh, uprising of Narn on the station a few episodes back. Yes. Um, it, it it shows someone kind of moving above that interwoven tangle of 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 honors. Yep. Um, in a way that that you really need to have in order to 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 sort of make progress, because you know, as as you said a few minutes ago, we're both students of history and plenty of situations where, you know, this house is honor against that house is honor. And now you've got a war that's, you know, that's going to yep. go on and on and, and drag yep. on in history. Forget yep. about even in genre fiction. That's, that's the, the oh, it's, foundation it's everywhere. of genre fiction. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You've got, uh, you know, the v- virtually the entirety of game of Thrones is, mm-hmm. is, you know, is an honor contest, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you could make the same point about the the whole plot of Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. That whole first season had had honor all over it. Right. Yeah. Anytime right. you're going to have anytime you're going to have Klingons involved, there's you know, you're you're, yeah. you're, you're going to be bringing in this 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 honor code. Yep. Yep. Um, and honor is one of those social constructs that is actually kind of wickedly difficult to understand. Right? Yeah, because American culture is not really most of American culture is not really an honor culture. I'm not trying to say that Americans are dishonorable, but no. we're not we're not obsessed sort of fetishizers of of honor in the way that say um, you know imperial Japanese culture or uh, or Roman culture. Mm-hmm. Now you and I both studied under um, Carlin Barton, right? And she wrote a she wrote a fantastic book called Roman Honor mm-hmm. about fifteen years ago. Totally worth listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, not listening to reading. I was uh, going to say, does she read the audiobook? Yeah. Now, now wow. uh, also, there's a podcast called The Art of Manliness. Ah. Okay, and a webpage. Okay, called The Art of Manliness. It's 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 great. Um, all kinds of stuff, um, and. She did his podcast, uh-huh. maybe two or three years ago. So mm-hmm. if you, if you, I bet if you looked up Carlin Barton, will, it'll be in the show notes. Yep, I'll, I and, will find it. And it was like seventy minutes, seventy-five mm-hmm. minutes of her talking about the book mm-hmm. and just talking about honor in general. Yeah. Fabulous, yeah. right? And her her book. Uh, she's a we're, we're segueing, but that's okay because sure. she's she's worth it. She's dynamite. Mm-hmm. Um, She's a sort of historian of Roman emotional life mm-hmm. and of Roman, of, of things like pleasure, honor, mm-hmm. uh, lust, desire, right? These things that are very hard to, to kind of quantify, right? right? And I think her, her, her historical practice is, uh, it certainly shaped my own writing, and her first book is called The Sorrows of the Ancient Romans. And it looks at, you know, all sorts of these kind of negative emotions, mm-hmm. you know, envy, desire, jealousy, you know, this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But her book on her book on honor 
uh, you know, folks, uh, those out there in the uh, in the listening audience, if you have an interest in uh, really doing a deep dive on the concept of honor, her book called Roman Honor is. Uh, I haven't uh, read it. It's a, 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 a textbook. To, to my great shame, I, I I will probably add it to my uh, to my list. I was hoping that she actually had done an audio book of it because I I spend far more hours commuting than I do uh, yeah. with, with a book in front of me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I will definitely listen to that podcast and, as I said, link it in the show notes. And I may put yeah. it in order for the book this afternoon. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, you, 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 the concept of honor and, you know, it's interesting that it's on this Art of Manliness podcast. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really tied into images of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, in a lot of ways. And, and <clears throat> the, the idea that, you know, of honor being questioned is so tied into masculinity being questioned. Yeah, that 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 they're really, I at least as I understand honor, that I feel that they're that they're inseparable, and that's, and I think, when you say that we don't have as much of a cons uh, of a of a a society of honor, an honor based society here in the United States, um, but we, but I think there there is, this society of manliness, that that almost has, substituted in for it. Huh. Interesting. That. that that all it, it covers a lot of the same the same bases and same territory. You know, I, I I think a lot when I think of of honor in American culture, it leads me to think more of like cowboy movie kind of things. Like, uh-huh. are you are you are you, uh, are you questioning me? Are you uh, are you uh-huh. calling me a liar? Kind of thing. And then the bar brawl yeah. starts up. Um, yeah, and where really the 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 worth of a of a, a man is is entirely based on you know the the perception that I am a a, a stand up worthy individual. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's definitely part of American culture, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't yeah. think we think of it. I mean, it's thought of as honor. You know, right. Certainly, you're not going to you know, it, it, but it's more of an individualism honor. Um, there's. I mean, there's definitely a national, kind of a national level honor, very strongly, uh, in a lot of a lot of ways and in a lot of subcultures. Uh, but I think it's in in America, it's more individual than it is, kind of family or clan based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's c- conceptually, it's one of these very difficult. Uh, constructs to really get uh, to really get full command of. Right? Yeah, you kind of understand it, but you couldn't explain. You can't. It's tough to explain. Right, right. It's which a, is probably it's a why set... it, it's probably why Professor Barton you know needs an entire book to talk about it as That's opposed right. to you know writing an article. Well, and 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 in all fairness, and I think that she she as much as acknowledges this, mm-hmm. um, she's only talking about Roman honor. Right. Right. And when you try to, when you try to graft an understanding of 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 honor that derives from the Romans anywhere else, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Right. So, kind of what what is this as a you know as a kind of anthropological concept? Mm-hmm. And is there 
how much is generalizable mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that you could you could say okay well i've got now a a a a kind of a uh, an instrument if you will mm-hmm. like a like a some kind of a uh, some kind of a tool that i can take out of this one culture apply it to a new one mm-hmm. and still be able to comb from it the essential data I need to understand what honor means in those in this uh, in this new culture. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you can't. If you can, you transplant the same definitions to you know Anglo-Saxon Britain, yeah. to feudal Japan, to right. Uh, you know, to to the modern Middle East or or you know anywhere. I I don't know. Um, right. Probably not. You know, yeah. it's, it's, they're all going to have their own same their own their own kind of cultural nuances right uh, right which makes it interesting in this episode to to have this this mimbari concept of honor kind of clashing with sheridan's personal honor yeah you know for that's, sure that's for sure and, and that's where that's where i think the interest of the story you know comes along yeah i mean Sh- sheridan's personal you know, he's personally affronted by mm-hmm. the very idea that he would do this. Right. Right. And there's a reflection, you know, of the, of the, the again, the hierarchy of, of honors in the, uh, in, you know, that it ref- reflect badly on earth and this could cause mm-hmm. a diplomatic mm-hmm. incident, but it's, but that's very secondary to his personal honor, which again, I think ties into this Americanism concept. Yes, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, br- br- uh, um, Bruce Boxleitner's uh, interpretation of this character uh, definitely reads as as very American, mm. right? Um, yeah. And and so his angle is likely to be pretty far over on the individualist side of the spectrum, yes. right? In conflict with the Mimbari notion of kind of collective honor, mm-hmm. right? That your the reason why you are expected to maintain your personal honor is because to fail to do so shames the entirety of your clan. Right. Right. Which could Whereas, in turn shame the entirety of, you know, your your house or your caste. Right, your or, caste or, or right. up, all the way up the line. It's honor all the way right. up. Right. Whereas no one on this station thinks that if if Sheridan actually did do what he's accused of doing, that that in some way will damage their reputation. No, it wouldn't have a splash effect on two of Anova. Yeah, yeah, or or yeah, or or you know, or onto anyone else, right? Right. right. You know, your individual failures as a as a person of honor mm-hmm. redound only to you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I I found that. Um, I mean, clearly, we talked about it for twenty minutes. <laughs> you know, a very compelling. It's, yeah. You know, and 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 even having talked about it for twenty minutes, we could talk about it for twenty more, mm-hmm. and still find ourselves, because the nature of honor is so. Uh, it's so fluid, mm. right? I mean, I, I suspect yeah. we'll see more development. Mm-hmm. Of these sort of Mimbari notions of honor, mm-hmm. uh, I certainly know, as, hope so. As we, as we go, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, 
but we're certainly we're certainly seeing in in Sheridan a um a, a pretty classic American version of what honor means. Right. Highly individualized, sort of yeah. the cowboy mentality and yeah. that sort of thing. Are you saying this? You know, I would never do such a thing. Exactly. Right. You right. know, it's yeah. You know. Right. And that's not a negative. It's just it's no. simply a you know, that 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 it's read in a particular way mm-hmm. if you put an American lens in front of it. Absolutely. Yeah. You put a you put a Roman imperial lens in front of it, you get a different thing. You put a, a British. Yeah, you Russian. put a, if they if uh, it had been Ivanova who'd been accused of of uh, Right, that fatalism. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I do. Right. Right, because society is going to decide what that means irrespective of what I did. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, also fun to see... Uh, uh, fun to see Lanier go into, uh, you know, Lanier Fu again. Yes, into the combat right? stance. I love the... Yeah. I, I just... I don't know why I get that sort of, you know... Yeah. You know... Yep. Like surfs up, dude. Kind yeah. Of, you know, and he when he uh, when he uh, when he gets the guy in the back, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with this kind of uh, you know crossed crossed yeah. wrists kind of kind of move. Yeah. It's like okay, keep giving me more of this Mimbari, you know, martial mm-hmm. arts. I kind of love that. Yeah, um, I don't know enough about different martial arts to to, to wonder if the like the 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 fight choreographers or stunt choreographers or whoever, you know, may have maybe bringing in things from, from other cultural, yeah, you know, and, and kind of actually developing some kind of consistent style there. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of talk in shows about, uh, about language and, you know, like people learning Klingon, or I guess you, you could actually decipher that message in yes. Nimbari script that was on the screen there. Um, but but I wonder, you know, whenever I see things like music or dance or martial arts, you know, I, I, I wonder how deeply thought through those things are by the people who are putting a show together. Yeah. yeah. Or if it's just kind of a cast off. Oh, just, you know, have them do some sort of weird, funky, just go in there and do some sort of weird pose thing and you yeah. know, do some Kirk Fu, but don't make it look like Kirk Fu. Make it look kind of, I don't know, weird. Yeah, right, right. Um, but I, I, I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, me too. And... And I, I, you know, I've alluded to the, you know, L- L- Lanier is like the wind. Everywhere I turn, mm-hmm. he's there. He's he's already been there, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I love his groundedness, mm-hmm. right? Well, of course I'm going to do this because this is required in order to save your face, which means that mm-hmm. the clan will be saved. Mm-hmm. What planet are you from? Right. I have to explain this to you. This is the problem. You don't already know this. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, that he just seemed sort of like like fed up and disgusted. Yeah. Which is kind of a nice place to see Lanier because mm-hmm. he spends all of his time being obedient to 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 Delenn. Right. I mean, remember you back know? when he first came on board and he couldn't even look at her and he was you know shuffle right. around with his head down, you know, right. this is a this is this is some real character evolution mm. that we see. Right. Yeah. And you know, I'm going to segue out of this honor Mimbari stuff yep. just to very quickly do 2 minutes on Veer. Uh, again, you know, evolution. Stephen first. Yeah. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. What you know, given so little yeah. uh, credit 
I think, you know, you know, oh, he's flounder, you know, I mean, look, this is, this is a guy who can act and thank God. And we already know it. We're not going to give anything away. Mm -hmm. He's got himself an arc coming and he's got himself in a few episodes, the single, one of the single best moments (laughs) in all of sci-fi television coming. He gets to do it. Right. Um, Everyone listening I really is felt making for the little him. wave. I really felt for him right now. Yeah, everyone's doing that. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. And even when he's even when he's just given the the comic relief stuff to do, yeah, um, he still carries emotion with it. You know, it's it's not as light and fluffy or, or empty as it as it could otherwise be. Right. You know, right. He he carries he carries real pathos in this when he's talking yeah. about his family sending him away from you know as we've already established Indiana, I'm sorry, Centauri Indiana. Yeah, uh, right. Al- although you know, Centauri Indiana, yeah. Centauri. Lanier doesn't have an accent either, you know, when compared to all the other Mimbari that we see. Yeah. So maybe he's also maybe he's from Mimbar, yeah. Indiana, and uh, that's right. And and not Louisiana, is... Paris, France, New York, or Rome. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, yeah, no, I, I, I thought I thought that the 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 sideline story um, with Veer was uh, was that was a an, it, it opened up a little bit more of his background. And and you know, we, we talked not too long ago about how we we don't really know anything about him prior to his yeah. time on the station. Yeah. Well, apparently, because yeah. there's not much to know. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah, he was kind of a kind of a, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a low, a, 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 you know, a fourth son. Mm-hmm. You know, who's yeah. like a little bit of a nebbish, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we saw nebbishy behavior at the beginning of, of season one. It's like, mm-hmm. dude, you are the diplomatic attache. Yeah. Stop playing with a video game. Do some work. Right. You know, but but even that, you know, diplomatic attache assistant position itself was was not seen by the by the, the by his family or by the government in general, I, I suppose, as as being a serious thing. Yeah, this is you know? a, this is a, this is a third-rate posting. Yeah, which I mean that if you look at, at where Londo was at the start of the sh- of the show, yeah, you know, he was he was feeling like everything was washed up and he was washed yep. up and beyond yep. his prime and and all. Yep. Um uh and and I was glad to see Londo stand up for I mean it's it's yes. it's inevitable, you know, it's you're going to you're going to get to that. But it was it was good to see right. him stand up for Veer. Um, again, it's another one of these reclaiming his soul yes. kinds of moments. Although yes. I do wonder how much of it would be, hmm, Veer knows too much about what's going on. I can't let him loose. Oh, it's probably both, right? There's certainly an, an, an element of that. I'm not going to have Londo you know, acting, yeah. give him credit for, for L- acting out of kindness. Londo is never not self-serving. Yes. You That's know. why he's chaotic neutral. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. At least at, at this point, you know, we we got some some good feedback on the Facebook. You know, he's he's definitely still he's still squarely in that box. He's very self serving. Yeah, yeah. Now we put him on the grid. I put him in neutral evil, where he's going to end up. Where we feel like he's going to end right. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in any uh, case, yeah. But it was um, it was you know I don't think he really would have resigned. Now, what do you think if if push had come to shove? Do you think Londo would have? To save away, Veer? To save Veer? No. Yeah. No. 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 It's a threat you can make. 
mm-hmm. uh, ultimately because, you know, Veer is a player character. Sure. You, you know, right. I mean, he's in the opening he, credits, right? So, right, right, yeah. <laughs> you know. he's, he's one of, you know... Oh, I can't believe we didn't we didn't talk about this when we talked about B five as a role playing game. It's an ensemble, you know. It's an ensemble game where everybody runs a, a main character and runs a an assistant, but oh, they're not. Sure. But, but it's but they're not they're not running their same assistant, you know. So right, the, yeah. The player I'm running Shakar and Lanier. Yeah, you're running Londo and uh, yeah Natoth. Yeah. Right, yeah. And then somebody has to run whatever pilot we have this season, and you know it's uh, you know, right. they're, they're, they're right. running a bunch of characters. But yeah, you're, no, it's it's a. I it was it was more that that the gesture was there. The gesture was made and made Veer feel uh, wanted. You know, feel like he had a place here. It, it to 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 give him a sense of honor. Yes. Yes. Um. We're nearly at the end of our episode. A couple of little, a couple of pieces of uh, little sort of faff to, to, to toss around. Flotsam and Jetsam. Uh, uh, Caitlin Brown. Caitlin Brown. Welcome yeah, back. Boy, welcome back, Caitlin Brown. Um, too bad you had nothing to do. I know. Uh, right. you know that, that character just didn't, you know, it was right. great to see her. Um, she certainly, she, 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 she brought like the Natoth, to the, didn't she? Yes, she did. Uh, but... But I, you know, why was the character even there necessarily? Again, I think it's it's because there was too much going on in this episode. Yeah, if they'd, yeah, yeah. If they'd given if they'd given that plot line more room to breathe, she'd have had more to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so welcome back, yeah. Caitlin Brown. Sorry you had you didn't have really en- enough to uh, you know to uh, to take care of. Yeah. Uh, I um. I know that I we wish, haven't talked. I wish yeah, that, go. I wish that that her character, her, her, um, Guinevere, Corey, or I, I wish she and Natoth had sort of walked past each other in the hallway and yeah, kind right, of like right. giving each other a look. <laughs> that would have been, I, I would have liked to have seen that moment just yeah, as a, as that a, been as a good. bit of fan service. Yeah. Um, there's nothing much to talk about in terms of the, uh, the gift shop plot. We, you know, we've kind of done our two minutes on that. Yeah. Um, uh, but I kind of thought the, you know, all of these rubber rubber mask that rubber mask gag <laughs> stuff yes. was it's like that, I like that. Do you? you know, okay, uh, that was funny. Yes, you know. Yes, it's kind uh, of an acknowledgement that okay, yes, our aliens look like they're wearing rubber masks. You know, and oh, right. You know, you know it was it was. It, I, I think right. that is a person as wearing a rubber mask professionally, putting yes. on a rubber mask as a gag in the program. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I, all right. I thought it I'm was in. a self-deprecating like little yep. nod, and I thought that was that was pleasant. Yep. Um, I know that you do a lot of um, uh, miniatures work. Yes. And in your day, you used to do sort of these transformative pieces where you would take, you know, sort of the heads and bodies and th- th- yeah. th- th- of different oh, things sure, sure. and reassemble them. Mm-hmm. I wonder what you think about the quality of the Londo figure. Um, it looked perfectly fine to me. It, you know, it, it was not a close likeness. Yep. Um, but it, it, I mean, it looked like if I had put that together, I'd be very happy with it. Londo wasn't happy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Well, for reasons we're not going to, uh, definitely not. And no, definitely we're not, not. going to talk about. <laughs> no, no. And although I, I did wonder about the, the intellectual property issues and using someone's likeness in an unauthorized way, right? You know, that, you know, if, they, if, if they're selling these things and, the whole idea of the gift shop was that it was supposed to help like 
the station's budget, but oh no, that was probably just made by someone in the bazaar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like pieces aren't clicking yeah. there for me. Something didn't quite line up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was that I thought. Uh, I thought Londo's reaction to seeing it was uh, was was pretty priceless. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, mm-hmm. precisely what I would have expected from him. Yeah. I would have wanted the jacket to be a little darker purple. Yeah. You know, maybe the hair to, to to come out a little bit further, maybe a little more arcing. Yeah, yeah. Although it's it's tough. But I, I mean, cl- clearly that model was made by a by a a, a model maker working. Yeah, y- y- you know, on it, on staff. It wasn't right? a mass produced thing. Clearly, you yeah, know, they, right. They, and they, I thought they, it was a pretty nice piece of work. Yeah, they didn't they didn't have all of that merchandise on shelves. They couldn't they couldn't say, all right, you know, give us. You know, give us all one piece of everything that you've got out on the shelves at Target to, to yeah. fill the, the <laughs> right. gift store in this uh, in this episode. Although, you know, I yeah. wish I wish they had. We've we've found some. You know, speaking of intellectual property, uh, <laughs> questionable uh, issues. We found some some very nice Babylon Five merchandise available online. Um, you know, the the jackets we were looking at. Yes. You know, yes. a while back. Um, if if either of us could fit, you know, an, an Asian slim. Uh, size attire then then we'd be all over that but uh an asian okay an asian slim that's yeah. like for a ken doll yeah there's no way either of us right we, we 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 folks we look like podcasters you know we've got you know right i got miles yeah i my once doctor, attempted yeah. go my doctor once uh once said uh you know chris you have folks like you and i we're built for comfort not for speed <laughs> so there's no way that i'm fitting into and, and I, i've i've made the mistake of purchasing a a, a vest one time that was, yes that was uh sized you know from from an asian uh distributor and and nope not happening yeah i i i conservatively estimate having tried the clothing is fabulous. I totally want to, I mean, I like, I like me some turtlenecks. I like Mm -hmm. some funky sweaters. Mm -hmm. Right. And there are some things that are being made out there that are like, Oh, I would totally wear this. I look like I would go into work wearing. And it's like, what planet did you just come from? Yes. You know, I just, I just came from Andor, you know, I just Mm -hmm. came from Coruscant. Right. Um, but I would need like a seven X by my calculation. Either of us would be three or right. four, you know, people's worth of, of right. clothing. Yeah, right. It's yeah. like who? who uh, it's uh, like that joke uh, of kids on each other's shoulders wearing a trench coat to be an adult. That's right. For, in our case, they're side by side. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Speaking of fashion, this has been in my brain for a couple of episodes here. Go. Do we ever see a proper Oxford collar in the in the course of the entire show? God bless. Mandarin col- collars this. were apparently the future in the mid nineties. Right. I know I wore, wore them sometimes, but I've got one in my closet right yeah. now. I like Mandarin collar shirts, Yeah. but w- was it, was it banned? I, you apparently know, did, there, uh, there's some, some sort, sort of, United, of <laughs> yes, United Nations convention against the, the pointed collar. Right. There was a horrible right. collar stabbing accident back That's in right. the, the 2100s. Yeah. Right. The, uh, the, the Geneva convention mm. on, on murderous fashion of yeah. 2000, uh, you know, 51, uh, now, oh, now, hold, please. Yes, we have to. I have to go back and look at it. Garibaldi's but shirt. Garibaldi's that was, shirt I was from just, Chess King. I was just wondering the same thing. 
dollars to donuts, it'll have a collar on it. We'll have to talk about it in the next episode. We will. We will. Uh, I, I, we've got a picture of the shirt in the show notes. I, I just have to yeah. dig back into season one to find it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I always thought that Babylon 5, the costuming was, uh, you know, was sophisticated. Yeah. You know, I, I always thought the jacket looked uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I always liked the shirt. I love that little that little button. Yes, that's that little snap. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's classy. Yeah. You know, but I've I've always I've always been been predisposed to that kind of a look. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's you know you can't really do it in America because there's just not that many manufacturers who make those kind of shirts. Right. You know. But uh, yeah, and it looks chimney Christmas out of place in a in a culture dominated so much by the. The By the other color. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're definitely, uh, you choose to wear a mandarin shirt and you're... You, you look like the sort of person who would choose to wear a mandolin sh- man- mandarin shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, we're going to get letters about that one. Maybe I'll cut that out. No, <laughs> leave it in. Leave it in. Uh, we love you fans, no matter what kind of shirts you're wearing. That's right. Uh, well, you know, look, at least people look put together, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can we could we could do a whole twenty minutes on, on um, on costuming. Um, you know, I think about the uh, Star Trek se- Next Generation season one and two jumpsuits mm. negative. No, the uh, the pajama abominations of Star Trek the motion picture. No, the sort of weirdly flat brutalist THX eleven thirty eight. Costumes from Space 1999. Well, those are very those those have a lot of DNA in common with the Star Trek motion picture. Totally. I mean, totally. They, they may have just sort of like walked next door and taken them off the rack. Yeah. 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 For sure. Um, and really, on and on and on. I mean, mm. there are very few uniforms that I think are really, really great that stand um, the test of time. Yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, I think Discovery's uniforms were pretty great, except mm-hmm. that it was hard to know what rank you were because of the way that it was on the pin. Yeah. Right? I thought that was a little weird. Galactica's uniforms and and uh, B5's uniforms are virtually the same. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. that's for another show. It is. Uh, folks... Thank you so much for for listening. You know where to find us. Uh, We've got an active Facebook group, uh, The Name of the Pod. Um, uh, Put The Name of the Pod in a search engine, and it will take you to our page for you to download or consult show notes or, uh, you know, leave us some uh, additional comments. And and, uh, we look forward to seeing you again or hearing you again or talking to you again next week. One of those things. Maybe all of the above. Maybe all of the above. All right, Chris. See you soon. Take care. Bye.